0: what's up everyone and welcome to the raised geek podcast where geek is all we speak we finally close the chapter on marvel's what if as we have our part three discussion on the disney plus show and we also dive into and talk all about doom and by we i mean chris and don let's go Welcome back to another edition of the Raise the Geek podcast. Thank you guys all for checking it out. I am Chris. I'm here as always with my bud, Don. How's it going, man? Chris, what is happening
1: today? My friend,
0: everything is okay. Everything is good. Can't really complain. Just going to uh, bust into the, the Tegan and Sarah. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Song I don't think I know movie. that one. Yeah, from the Lego movie?
1: <laughs> oh, okay. What an Oscar. That's- That's a Tegan Tegan and Sarah cut. Didn't know. Yeah, didn't know that one. No, that's when
0: they shifted their style from being like folk indie to like dance. Uh huh. They got they got a little weird.
1: Okay, yeah, not too familiar with them, but no, I was not gonna bust into that song. (laughs) It's Uh, probably for the best. The Lego Movie is is fun though. Lego World, I like. I like me some Lego. Lego Batman is one of the good
0: Batman movies. They're all good, good, but. Lego Batman's kid. Lego Batman is. Don, why <laughs> is Spider Man number 76 so damn hard to find? Ooh. Did you get Spider Man 76? Is that the first? Are we talking the first issue under the new
1: creative team? Yeah, the...
0: 75 was the first one. And then okay. 76 came out the next week.
1: Ah, and now yes.
0: 77 is already out. Yes. So I got 77, but when I added 70, when I added the Amazing Spider-Man to my pull list, 76 was already out, so I missed it, and it sold out yeah. everywhere. I was calling around comic book stores all day today.
1: That's a bummer. Yeah, man i i uh, I made sure at my shop to subscribe again to Amazing Spider-Man starting at 75 so i got 75 and then they ju- they've just been coming nice. i made it over to my shop today for the first time in like 3 weeks so 76 and 77 were in that pull nice. uh yeah but that's weird i don't know i don't know why maybe people are just like super into it and that's going to be a hot new book that you have to reserve ahead of time
0: but from now so on, but it's so weird cuz like at my store they on the uh like past pile uh-huh. they had a bunch of 75s so i'm like weird yeah I'm like what what is it about 76 that got everybody like what happens in that issue
1: see I know on the cover see the covers I feel like have a lot to do with this if the cover is something that may not even necessarily happen in the book but it's just like very eye-catching that is one thing where people see something like that and like be like, oh I gotta have this book because if I remember looking at it correctly Like, no spoilers for Amazing Spider-Man, but it's, like, Peter Parker in a hospital bed. Yeah, it is. With, like, Ben Riley standing over him. And that's kind of been the whole allure to this new line is, like, Ben Riley returning as Spider-Man. But then, well, what's the mystery behind what happens to Peter? What's happening to Peter? So, him being in a hospital bed might be an eye catch to people to, like, snatch it up off the shelves. I don't know, man. I hope you find it.
0: I bought it online.
1: There you go. You found it on
0: (laughs) eBay or something. I I found it on... uh things from another world or okay comic book store up in seattle this i went to another comic book store looking for it this week and the guy told me to go check things from another world he said go check them out and they have all their comic books like they have just crazy stuff in stock and we're not getting paid from them so i'm not trying to like
1: not yet anyway not
0: yet anyway but things from another world you guys want to come on and talk about comics we are here (laughs) for you but regardless of that they had like twenty percent off the comic book, so I was able to get it for like three bucks. Oh, nice. I still have to pay five dollars shipping, so it still cost me eight bucks, but you know. It equals
1: out. Now the key is just if you're enjoying it, just add it to your list. It's already and
0: added because 75 okay. seventy-seven was in my box. Okay. It was seventy-six, just came out in between somewhere in there, across the streams. Missed it. Gotcha.
1: You never cross the streams. You never cross the streams.
0: I mean, I learned that as a small child watching Ghostbusters <laughs> and I still like to mess that up. But Don, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to dive into Dune. I cannot wait to hear what you thought of Dune being a pretty much non-fan. Just checking it out because it happened to be on your HBO. And I am kind of excited to finally finish up having to think about marvel's what if but more on that after the break but before we dive into anything else we want to make sure you like subscribe and follow this podcast on all social media and podcast services if you guys want to join the conversation hit us up on twitter at raise the geek or shoot us an email at raise the geek at com. and make sure you guys take the time if you can to drop us a review we are always looking for those five stars yep yep <laughs> yep yep <laughs> <laughs> so, don dune now streaming on hbo max for a couple more weeks finally here long delayed long development hell of trying to get an adaptation off the ground we ended up with a part one little tag thrown at the front of this movie and it has also now been since announced that part two is coming it will be here October of 2023 so just a little bit under now two years and we will have the conclusion to the first book of Dune but Don man curious what'd you think what'd you think about Dune? Dune man found it found it good man I I liked I liked it I
1: liked it a lot and I'll kind of start off with saying one might wonder and Chris kind of touched on it is I'm a guy who Dune is all new territory to me uh never read the book never kind of got into the lore of it i i've always the the word dune has always like struck me as oh i know what that is it's kind of like a sci-fi book these nerds read um (laughs) but just like i i have a just a problem in general with reading dense huge books of anything like i can read comic books all day long i have my few books that i like you know in my life But just like I have a problem looking at a huge book and be like, all right, I'm going to dive into the book. I just don't have the attention span for them. And so that always, that book always just seemed like a daunting thing that I just wouldn't be able to do. Like 900 pages. (laughs) Yeah, man. So it's like reading an encyclopedia. I just, I just have a, a problem wrapping my brain around it. So then knowing that, you might wonder, well, then what interested me in this movie? Well, one, I just like watching new movies that look cool. The main thing that interested me is like when the cast list started getting announced uh, just because it's so stacked with like a lot of names that I'm really fans of a lot of these people and some that are new to me, but also I'm interested in seeing them work because you hear a lot of hype around people like, you know, Timothy Chalamet and, and he's kind of like a new name on the block. And I was like, this guy's really talented. You should see him in something. And then besides that, I was also a big fan of the movie Arrival, which is a, um, movie i think from 2017 or 18 from the same director Denis villeneuve <laughs> if we're saying hey, we, i think you got it man to let you guys behind the scenes we were talking before we started this show about how to pronounce his name because it looks like dennis Villeneuve. that is not it we want to get the guy's name right so uh i probably won't say it that many more times because i don't want to screw it up but uh <laughs>
0: You said yeah, it so man. many times before, just right. testing it out, testing it Denis
1: out. Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve. So,
0: Am I yeah. saying it right? Or are you saying it right? We don't know. We listen to uh. Siri. So if Siri <laughs> steered us wrong, yeah. you know, we're we're trusting artificial intelligence here. Right. Yeah,
1: man. And I, I just kind of like the idea of getting in on the ground floor of a sci-fi epic kind of a story, uh, whether or not. It was going to have sequels at the time when this came out. We didn't know, but I still just wanted to like give this a fair shot and watch it. I was really entertained. I really had a good time with this. It's a long runtime, but it's one of these movies that doesn't feel long. It moves, it, it moves and it, like it fills up the time two and a half plus hours. Like I was never bored. I never felt it was dragging and sometimes with you know, long movies, I feel the opposite. Like, Oh God, this is still going. And I'll press pause and see how much longer I have, like how much longer is this? But in this movie, if I ever pressed pause, it was to see like how much longer do I have of this yeah. meaning in a good way? Like I don't want it to stop. I want yeah, it to yeah. keep going. It's like my initial thoughts before we start dissecting it. So how about you, man? How did you feel about this movie? I know you have much of a much more of a rich history with, with the subject matter and all that. So what are your feelings that were leading into like this movie and how did it make you feel?
0: Yeah, I'm super excited for this movie. It looks, you know, like we had faithful people like Denis was working on this thing and very faithful, wanted to be faithful to the source material, which was exciting. I saw the I read the book like, I don't know, when I was a teenager, maybe early 20. I mean, like I read it. A while ago. And mm-hmm. I remember while I was reading it, I just kind of really never knew what was going on in this book. And I just kept going, Where are the sandworms? I just want to get to the sand- uh-huh. Where are the sandworms? So I remember those sections vividly. But then outside of that, I'm like, what is going on in this book? So earlier in this year, I started reading the book again. I'm like, well, let me try to get at least through the halfway point, try to just push through this thing. And I'm still I got like 60 pages left and I'm I'm done with it. But um, which is well past where they were. I have got through where this movie covered like a month ago because <laughs> okay. there's still a lot coming, but they just, I was very exciting for that. Um, reading it again has been really like refreshing to read it more as an adult, I guess. Um, so I'm reading it completely differently than I did 20 years ago when I read it the first time. So that's kind of been f- rewarding in its own right. But now seeing this adaptation, that's not it's, this one is isn't weird like the David Lynch one I want to watch that again but that one was I just remember watching that going this is a weird ass movie I do not know well, what it's, is going it's,
1: on. it's David Lynch you had to expect some extra weirdness and it's like four hours long one movie
0: yeah it's just a thing and I'm, I'm gonna watch it I added it to my HBO list and I'm gonna put it on here one of these days but mm-hmm. I just I really enjoyed it like you said it was long but it never really felt it they moved they kept everything kind of. I thought they did a good job, and it was hard for me to know if they were doing a good job of explaining like the world, what's going on. You know, they were using kind of their own, you know, talking about Benny Jesseritz and the G- Jum Gabar and you know all these things. And I'm like, is anybody? Are they explaining this enough? Like, I know what it was because I knew that that test was coming when when his mom pulled pulled Paul to go do the meet the the queen or the witch queen or whatever she was. Um, the what's
1: in, the what's in the box test?
0: The what's in the box test. I knew that was coming, and I knew I was like, "Here we go, the Jum Jabar." You know, <laughs> like, does that make any sense to people who didn't read the book? So, mm-hmm. it, that was one of the things that I'm mostly curious about to talk with you about, just to kind of see from, a, like you said, no background information. Is there anything that you're confused? You know, sometimes you watch these adaptations of things, and you're kind of confused. Or you're like, what is going on? You're like, well, if you read the book, you would know that blah, 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 blah. But they leave those things out sometimes. And it's hard to tell if they'd left out too much because once again, I understood where they were going. But I thought they did a great job. I don't think you can adapt this material better than they did with this movie. Everything was massive. It really was a movie that I kind of like, should I go see this on the big screen? Just because you could tell that this movie was made massively. Like all of everything was huge in this movie. (laughs) And that was just kind of made it look different and made it a little bit refreshing. So like just what they put together, I thought was a really good one. I just, yeah, I didn't want it to end where they ended it. I'm like, come on, you're just getting good. (laughs) So, I mean, second one is just going to rock and roll, man.
1: Yeah. That is, if there is a complaint about this movie, which there isn't really much, it would be just that it it's not even a complaint about this i guess it is but my thing is when you make a movie that to be just a half a movie that is always kind of irks me a little bit when i'm watching it it's because like well sequels are a completely different thing a sequel is a you know another story told in the same world this is just another thing but when you make a movie to just be the first part it's like well I don't have an ending to the movie I just watched. I'm just like still left here. And especially with it looming over this movie, like now we know there's a part two, but we didn't at the time. Like WB, I guess was kind of just waiting to see maybe how this one performed, what the reception was before they committed to it, which is crazy to me that they would do that, especially because at the beginning, like you said, it says Dune part one right there on the screen. What if there was never a part two, this would be looked at as like a complete, Misstep in filmmaking, like you made half a movie and you never finished it. So luckily, we don't have to worry about that because we know that uh, Dune Two is coming. They were pretty quick with that. Um, and I
0: think they had to be. I, I, I feel like that was a thing. I'm glad that they never showed that Part One on any trailer or anything ahead of time because I think <laughs> that that would have scared away casual viewers to be like, "I'm not. I don't know what this is." Like Part One, Part What's that? So I'm glad that they kept that hidden. Um, Unlike like when they did it, they did it chapter one. And that was the name of that movie. Like, I think everybody knew that that was coming into it, just going to be part one. And they didn't announce part two. There was a good chance that that wasn't going to be. The only thing that was beneficial for that story was that 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 story has a very clean break. Yeah. So it's very easy that if they never made it chapter two, would we have really been out anything? You know, like there's if there was a solid ending in chapter one right so that movie
1: had that movie had a beginning a middle end, and an end to the yes. movie and this movie had like a beginning and a middle and then it stops yes <laughs> you know what i'm like, saying
0: literally right when shit's picking up you're like oh we're and here then the credits
1: start rolling this right?
0: is right. finally
1: here <laughs> right I, you, got the, <laughs> you got the zendaya stands all pissed off out there like she was only in like five minutes of this movie what the hell I wanted to see Zendaya, but yeah, I understand.
0: uh, One coworker complained about that. She was like, Zendaya was only in like seven minutes. I was really mad. She was like, I was bored. And Zendaya was only in like seven minutes. I'm like, yeah, she was only, she was like, she was all over the trailers. I'm like, yeah, she was.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, I guess go watch Spider-Man or um, what's that show she had on HBO if you want some more Zendaya. But she looks like she's going to be heavily featured in, in what they have to come.
0: Denis already said, that the part like part two is pretty much starring her so like part two is pretty much going to be he was hoping to have the opportunity to basically tell her story so that's his you know so she's gonna obviously be featured heavy and as a character in the stories that's really where they are when they meet her is pretty much obviously where she comes into the story and where the story goes from there she's obviously involved in in all of those revelations at the time Right on. Yeah, that'd be, that's cool. Uh, that's what people are hoping for. I just, I wish they would have in this. I don't think this is a spoiler. <laughs> I don't think, it's, I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't need to say it. You know, <laughs> just you know. go ahead. I, I was going to say that, like, I wish that this movie was longer, which you'll never hear me say. I wish they would have been able to go just a little bit longer further in the actual story, because in the actual book, shortly after where we are, they do a time jump right and that would have been a good place to start the next one where they're like so many, you know a couple years later and i think that that i would can't have been... believe
1: you just spoiled that for me <laughs> yeah, just... there's a time jump
0: done. and who knows if they'll do it in the movie that's just where they yeah. did it in the book but um the movie could be done completely different so like i said i don't think that that's necessarily a spoiler
1: there's got to be a plan for the reason why they ended it where they ended it maybe they want to start part two at a certain point but yeah to kind of touch on what you were saying like how you felt someone who didn't have all the the specific knowledge of the source material would would take in would it be confusing like there's a lot of names and a lot of planets and a lot of you know political houses and and name drops they do that does seem daunting at first but i kind of like watching something like that where you're just getting a kind of an info dump with stuff like that um it reminds me of like when I'm first starting a new massive video game, like an RPG or something like final fan, a new final fantasy game where they just dump you in. And there's all these names of these different countries and different lands and like ships and houses and weapons. And you don't know any of those things going in, but you're just learning as you go along. So that's how I kind of treated this movie. Like, you know, watching game of Thrones for the first time, they throw a bunch of house names at you and, and Kings of different provinces and countries and, And all these Game of Thrones is
0: heavily influenced by Dune. Oh yeah, I can just heavily, and then even just reading some of the Game of Thrones books and reading through Dune now after reading Game of Thrones, like there's shit in those books. Just writing style, the way the characters are written, is just like lady jessica paul's mother in dune yeah. is written exactly like Catelyn stark is in game of thrones they sure. have like the same just like tone of voice in the book and i was i'm reading it now just going oh my god george rr R. martin must have loved him some Doom.
1: <laughs> Yeah, he was like i gotta write my Dune." here we go yeah, that's and thrones.
0: that's exactly what he did yeah yeah or he's trying to he's still not done with it
1: right <laughs> still not after all these years Poor George Martin, but, uh, yeah, man, I had, so I had fun with that aspect of it, just like kind of discovering things as they happen and, and taking things in. And I felt like, um, <clears> they <throat> did a good job of laying, laying it out in a way that would be, you know, not simple to understand, but easy enough for somebody who, who likes to think about things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah
0: i think they did it more than than some of the mcu movies like guardians of the galaxy or some of those other ones when they get into space they start naming planets and this happened on this planet like what planet is that like i don't even have any connections with any of these planets in the mcu where they're like captain marvel says something about this happened on this planet i don't know what planet that is
1: (laughs) right right so this this movie didn't really encounter that problem i felt like he did a really good job at at laying it out um And also, just like you mentioned, the massive scope of this movie. That's one of the things I liked about this movie is how massive it felt. It's like the perfect marrying of huge spectacle effects with story at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you can tell they filmed on location in real places, but then also how easily they were to merge in this, like, seamless special effects that are, like, some of the coolest looking stuff you've ever seen on screen, like um you know i'm gonna i'll piss off the star wars fans but this looked better than any star wars movie i've seen like some of the visuals just in this were just like jaw-dropping majestic like this is great what i'm seeing like it's a feast for your eyes up there and uh it really kind of drew me in the from it started early in the movie and just kept going just like visually stunning is what i'll say
0: yeah like i said even when they were just walking around like the castle sets yeah. were just like every room they were in was huge huge walls mm-hmm. tall ceilings it was just columns just everything was massive it just was like I said it became a spectacle and it's it's one of the it's the type of filmmaking that I don't think happens that often it's one of those things mm-hmm. where you're like movie theaters are gonna die and no one's going back and then it's like you see a movie like this and it makes sense as to why you know Villeneuve has been trying to like say no you need movie theaters like <laughs> You know, Mm -hmm. I made this movie for big screen because they've been saying it all year, trying to get people to go back to the movies. Black Widow, you got to see it on the big screen. Did I? Did I need to see Black Widow on the big screen? I don't think I did. I could have watched that on Disney Plus and I would have been just as entertained. This one, I still have this question in my head going, Do I need to go see this on the big screen? (laughs) Because I got another two and a half hours.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, it totally was. Huge movie, huge visual effects. And another thing is like the music in this movie I loved. Uh, Hans Zimmer is like the best composer in, in the world right now. I think mm-hmm. Batman, Dark Knight trilogy, all those. He He's worked with Christopher Nolan a bunch of times. And you could tell in this movie when you were just hearing some of the stuff that matched the scenes, it was like, "Dude, that's totally Han Zimmer, and he just knows how to help move a story along audio, yeah, and like there's there's quiet moments in this movie too where nobody's saying anything, and it's just kind of what you're seeing on screen, and it's the score that kind of helps carry and convey the feelings so uh I really love that too, man. It kind of kept me kept me engaged the whole time, even when it was like I said just a quiet quiet scenes and and the emotion of the moment was just carried by the score
0: and it helps carry you along as to what's going on so sometimes even if you couldn't tell exactly what they were talking about because they were using made-up words or whatnot you're like what's happening right now the music did such Mm -hmm. a good job of at least letting you know how you should be feeling right now like oh this is a good thing oh this is a bad thing
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and i love when a movie can do that it's like basically like its own character if a music is good enough it it plays into the enjoyment level to the same level as you know the acting you're seeing on screen or anything else yes. any set design sound design is just as important so this movie really you know knocked it out of the park with that one yeah man what else what did what did you think what did you think of some of the performance did you like the characters like you've read the book so did, did these actors really capture the characters to you and did anybody stand out or
0: i really liked i i always liked rebecca ferguson i was very excited that she was going to be jessica And I thought she did a great job of being that concerned mother, but then her role was different. Like her role, she knew her role as just the Benny Gesserit and what she is, is bigger than what, than just being Paul's mother, you know? But Mm -hmm. then at the same time, they have this whole, you know, like prophecy and all of this other stuff, like that's around Paul and things that she's done. So it's like, I thought she did a really good job of being like the concerned mother for her son, but then at the same time, trying to like step back and let yes. him do his thing i thought timothy I, timothy
1: i think it's chamelay
0: i thought he did a great job of being like paul. a child yeah as paul just running around being very childlike seeing jason momoa and being like yeah i'm all excited and like almost acting like a small child but then by the end of this movie you could just see a shift in paul to where he needed to grow up basically and i thought he did a really good job with that
1: yeah, that was like seeing the evolution of him from the beginning to the end, even in just a small two and a half hour time span. Yeah. You could tell the evolution of him, his character finally like grasping what his destiny, I guess is the word, was going to be. So, yeah, he I felt he really did a good job. I agree with you on that one. What did you think of Stellan Skarsgård as the, the Baron? Was, the Baron, what was his name? I thought that was, I thought that character was really cool. Like I wasn't expecting something. So like he was massive. They had him in whatever kind of, you know, prosthetics and makeup and you could just tell you're looking at a villain from somebody who had yep. no idea what they were watching. you like, as soon as he's on screen, I was like, yep, that's, that's the guy. That's yep. the guy we're worried about here. Floating around, um, hovering around yeah. with
0: his suspenders and his, his, uh, little hover cart. Right. Get his, get his, uh, get his large girth around. Yeah. And I man, thought that bro- was super cool.
1: You throw Dave Bautista in there with him, there's some Dude, menacing looking dudes.
0: I cannot wait for Dave Bautista to get some more screen time in the next one because I think he's going to kill it. I think he's just going to absolutely kill it with that role. I can't wait to see him get some more get some more attention and some screen time than he's gotten yeah. in some of Denny's previous films because I know Bautista was in Blade Runner as well, but he had just a very small role. So I right. And he was very obviously small in this one too, but he should have more in the next one and I'm excited to... See him really get unleashed a little bit more. Yeah, I think that'll be should be pretty good. Yeah, I mean James Brolin was great. Honestly, everybody was really casted well. The only one that, and I have no problem with how he did it, was Jason Momoa. I just never pictured. I p- always pictured someone older in that role, and he just was always too a little just young and yeah. suave, and it's just it's just not what I ever pictured. But he did fine in that role as Duncan and I Duncan know, Idaho. What Duncan a name Idaho. You know. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I saw Uh, I saw everyone having fun with that. This guy's real name Duncan Idaho.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a '70s action sitcom pilot. (laughs) It's old, The Adventures of Duncan Idaho.
0: (laughs) Duncan Idaho and friends. Uh, Book was written in the '50s, so you know, (laughs) right? Got to take things only so far. It's always funny when you read some of those like old sci-fi, and you're seeing all of these things where obviously the times have changed. So much since these books were written, and then like you're reading it, and it's so much just like moments of the time. They're like, We're gonna drink some coffee and we're gonna do this. And I'm like, Would they be drinking coffee on Dune? (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) On this planet. I was reading another another sci-fi book where they were talking about TV, and it was like the book was written when TV was just invented. Mm -hmm. So then there was like, Oh, you know, people watch TV in you know, they jump to like the future. So this book was written in like 1960 and they and so t v was just real to the to the writer it like just was coming out, and then they were jumping to the year like twenty fifty three or something like way in the future, and they're like doing this like rolling commentary, and they're like television there are people who watch t v up to two hours a day,
1: and you're That's just the, like yeah
0: man I, we got that killed here in less than the hundred years you guys jump right now there are people who watch tv all day <laughs> yeah
1: two hours a day of tv is basically yeah. watching no tv at all <laughs> yeah
0: i mean if i yeah if i tell people i only watch about two hours most people would probably be like what how do you watch anything
1: <laughs> right uh that's it's funny forever
0: to get through anything so, right anyway that's a weird sidebar but
1: yeah he was good yeah. i liked i liked him uh He's just like, you know, Jason Momoa. He looks close to the same and everything, but he always gives a pretty decent performance. Like, strong actor. I like him. It was weird um, seeing him
0: clean shaved.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. When he lost that beard, I was like, oh, that's what he looks like. His face was all <laughs> doughy. Oh, that's what he looks like. Uh, yeah, nobody
0: knew what he really looks like.
1: The ladies don't like that one. They like old bearded Momoa. I know my wife did not appreciate when that beard came off. <laughs> yeah, but javier bardem too i loved that he showed oh, yeah. up he's a, he's a fantastic actor and he's another one who looks like hopefully he'll have a larger role in the part two uh he's he's great whenever anything he pops up in anything yeah i i like the cast a lot everybody kind of delivered even some people you know i didn't even know we're going to be in the movie like what's that guy's name damn he was in suicide squad uh oh
0: yeah yeah the polka dot guy I don't yeah know his real name character actor it's a character yeah. actor curse i don't know his real name
1: Right. I, uh man, I, I know it too. He has kind of a strange last name. It's was like Demastilian or something. I'm going to, I'm not even going to look it I up because I don't want to try to pronounce even. it. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't say it wrong, but he popped <laughs> up. I was like, Oh, I didn't even know he was in this. He's, he's, he's doing well for himself this year. He's in everything. But yeah. uh Cast was really fun delivered as expected and had a lot of fun. man. I, yeah, I had a lot it, of fun.
0: It was a lot of fun. I, I, like I said, I really plan on watching it again before it leaves HBO. I really enjoyed. I thought they did a great job with it. Um, Whether or not I see it in the theater, I do, but I'm super pumped that they're getting a part two. We can come back and talk about part two in a couple of years.
1: (laughs) One last thing I wanted to mention, like final thoughts about it. I love the use of real weapons, you know, in this final scene where you had the dread the whole time like well you didn't because you read the books but me not knowing like oh paul could die here he could die i don't know what's going to happen when he has that final battle with uh one of the you know the sand the the sand yeah okay um yeah and they're having their duel and i love that they just like and even throughout the rest of this movie if they have a blade or a sword it's like a real blade like if you stab somebody with it it's like it seems it seems more dangerous and threatening like i hate to make the comparison because i know people do it all the time to like star wars and dune but just like the fantasy aspects of star wars you kind of get over really fast like okay they're shooting lasers and there's lightsabers and blah 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 and this one is just seemed more realistic along with the sci-fi aspect of it like things seem more dangerous you know what i'm saying i like um
0: i loved the shields i love that they showed those shields and they were taking those hits but it would be blue and then red when it got through and that was just such a cool visual and such a cool way to like do a fight and let you know how bad it really is right you know because you could see the hits like dude they're getting hit and but it's like the shield shield oh god that one got through
1: (laughs) right like the shield can only protect you so much yeah Yeah, that was definitely a cool effect i like that a lot too yeah the, the more realist realism approach to fights even though it's in this deep sci-fi world i really i really like so altogether, man i like this movie a lot
0: well and i guess as a full full closing what about the worms i mean that was the first time sandworms. i read the book that was all i wanted was the sandworms so i don't know if we can <laughs> end this dune conversation right now without talking about these sandworms and how did those come across for you are they too big too goofy worms no, they were, <laughs> were they medicine as
1: hell they were scary as hell man those things were huge i wasn't expecting the first time you see one i wasn't expecting it to be that big like right. i think sand i think sandworms and i just think of like beetle Deuce yeah or, or tremors or something it's like the whatever but those things were massive uh yeah that was definitely cool and i loved at the end and like the last scene when they finally get to these freeman's place you see the dude riding the sandworm like yes yeah somebody they tamed them that's
0: awesome yeah i love that they Um, showed that
1: definitely a cool effect every every one of these movies needs some kind of big huge monstrous threat so the sandworms definitely uh were cool
0: just to have them (laughs) around the edges they were kind of like the white walkers for game of thrones you know you're watching all the stuff on the houses you're watching everything but then you're like you know they're white walkers just kind of like walk coming your way right there's this there's this menace that you don't see every episode but they're still coming
1: (laughs) Yeah, like you guys can talk all these politics and kings and and emperors and and whatever you want, but there's still these giant monsters that live under under the sand that we should be worrying about before each other. Uh yeah. Yeah. That's 100%. Fun,
0: but I I needed to at least mention that before we moved on cuz you know, I could see people, you know, the nerds out there. What about the worms? And if I was listening to us, I'd probably be what I'd be yelling at my radio while I was driving down the street. So, had to What about it?
1: the worms, guys? What about
0: the worms, guys? But we have so much more to talk about in this episode because Don and I finally, Marvel's What If is done. We watched the last three episodes. We are about to give our thoughts on the final three episodes of Marvel's What If on top of our full thoughts of the series as a whole. But before we do, we want to let you know this podcast is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Oh, Donnie boy, it is time to talk about Marvel's (laughs) What If. (laughs) i don't know if this is good or bad but we're done regardless
1: yeah man what if has been off the air now for quite a while we took the month of october to do our halloween series of episodes which hopefully you've all already listened to at this point and we had a lot of fun with that oh yeah but uh so but october fell at this month where you know we hadn't finished our what if conversation so Hopefully you guys all remember what if out there. Uh, (laughs) If you don't, if you don't, you can rack your brain a little bit and and take yourself back there. So you remember what we're talking about. We just wanted to break it down. We started the series. We wanted to finish it. So here we are. What if we still had what? episodes seven, eight and nine to talk about, right? Yes.
0: Yes, we did. We had the ending. And I'll tell you to start us off here. Mm -hmm. Going into the last two episodes, I thought they did a good job of having like a cohesive story. Okay. That that I enjoyed this, you know, once they started tying in Ultron, tying in the Watcher, he was involved, bringing back all of the characters. Like, once we really started getting going a little bit more, and it wasn't as much of a one-off and kind of gave purpose to everything, I thought they did do a good job of bringing that all around. I just wish they would have done it earlier in some capacity, so I would have cared by the time it happened at the end. Doing these mm-hmm. one-off episodes, and I know we talked about it, I think, during our part two was it just wasn't as fun as I thought the show was going to be.
1: Yeah. And that's what I was going to kind of point and get to, too. I agree with you in a lot of ways. The one thing is this show was advertised to be an anthology series. Yeah. And in the, in the end, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but in the end it wasn't Mm -hmm. in the end, this did end up being a cohesive, like you just had these steps leading you to the end. Mm-hmm. even going all the way back to episode one like by the time we get to the end of this series you can look back and be like oh that's from episode one. Oh, that's from episode two episode three all the way down the line so in the in the end this really is a you know season-long show that you would have had to watch the beginning to understand the end yeah. and i always felt like it was advertised as an anthology not that it's a bad thing that it wasn't because i agree with you that when it did come together, it got a little a little better there at the end, especially in episodes eight and nine. Um, but I just felt like they broke their own anthology rule oh. of being like, well, these are going to be standalone shows that are just like, you know, adventure of the week kind of a thing. Yeah. Uh, not saying I disagree with it because I, it did work in a little, in kind of a way, but I just found that interesting that, you know, it did end up being a cohesive story. Why? Why, why not, is the question? <laughs> yeah,
0: why not why not tell it as a not an anthology then? If you knew that's where where you're headed, mm-hmm. you know where you're going come the end, then why are you spending why not make each episode matter? Yeah. Why not have these each episode go from one to the next to the next? You can still jump around metaverses or you know, multiverses. You can still have the watcher do his thing and be involved and in telling us different stories and doing things, but there I don't know. I feel like there's still a way they could have tied it together so each week mattered.
1: Yeah. You're probably right. And I think it might just be the element of they wanted maybe the element of surprise us not to know that the last the end was gonna be this, you know, culmination of everything. Yeah, yeah. Um but I don't know. It's a question we'll have to keep asking ourselves because they just did it the way they wanted to do it, I guess. Yes. So.
0: And that's fine. Yeah, Like I said, maybe being a surprise, it was maybe a lot easier to tell these multiverse stories if they were freestanding and then be like, ah, surprise, we're going to bring right. all these characters together. But just, I don't know. It was just weirdly done.
1: This whole show was weirdly done because I'm with you. We'll talk about our final feelings of it at the end. But um, right. definitely not the show I was hoping for or expecting. But I don't know. We'll get there. We'll start with... Yes.
0: So, episode episode seven What yeah. if Thor was an only child? and I can tell you right now, I hated this episode. I hated it. This episode mm-hmm. was so stupid, and <laughs> it just to me, if you loved it, you loved it. but it just I don't know it was really weird. it was like, oh, what if you know Thor was an only child and Loki was given back to the the you know the Frost Giants and wasn't raised as an added guardian and wasn't Thor's brother. So what would happen to Thor? And you're like, nothing happened to Thor. Like, I don't know. It just seemed like even as a character for their own premise, it just didn't seem like they even tried to figure out, like he didn't act that much more different than Thor acts now. He didn't like, yeah, okay. He wanted to just party and do stuff. But I mean, that's kind of how the Thor in the MCU kind of is. And I just didn't see anything. They were like, what if, like, what if Thor was an only child? I don't know like you just gave me this one scenario that had no weight on anything it was just a it was a three's company episode that we just watched and just kind of like existed and then it was the thing that loki still existed and still was his friend like and
1: almost like his brother they were like calling each other bro bro and
0: stuff so you're like was i mean it was a different loki obviously that was you know more like a bro instead of a a l or an enemy or whatnot and but it just i don't know this episode was so inconsequential to me yeah it just existed well, and i watched it and i was like what is happening yeah man After marvel just being there I'm...
1: yeah we disagree on things sometimes here and feel differently about it but i am 100 percent with you this episode was terrible <laughs> it just it just this was like the worst one yeah of the whole series this was yeah. the worst one yeah um
0: and they'll do season two, and this will probably still be the worst one.
1: Yeah, like, bro, bro party, party bro Thor, like, is the worst. And all they really did is, like, like, like it's right there in the title, what if Thor was an only child? Like you said, he doesn't change. And they basically just took the personality of Thor from Ragnarok yeah. and just made him more stupid. Yeah. Like, dumber than than that. Like, Thor yeah. in the first Thor movie and in Dark World, he wasn't as loose and as easygoing as he became in Ragnarok and like yeah. the movies that follow it. Thor has found a nice little sweet spot in the MCU right now. I feel like yeah. where he's still a, you know, he's an omni level threat of a guy who can fight and he's going to whoop ass cause he's Thor, but he's also more fun loving and funny. But this iteration of Thor, they just took and made him like a frat boy or something. And it just yeah. didn't, it's not, it wasn't funny. It didn't work. And you know, they had a bad voice doing Natalie Portman character, like a bad Natalie Portman impersonation. Yeah. The Loki stuff was weird. They they got Kat Dennings back in this one to like reprise her character, but she was just like, you know, a chuckle hut laugh. You <laughs> know, <laughs> she's just there to tell like stupid jokes. Yeah. And just nothing about this episode spoke to me at all. I thought it was really, really bad. Except I mean, I kind of one if I do have to find something positive to say, I always like to find one positive is the Captain Marvel and thor fighting stuff was kind of cool some of those scenes it's interesting to see two characters like of that power level fight each other because you'll never see it probably in a movie yeah so it's interesting to see that parts like they had a couple good scenes in there but besides that i can't really find anything good to say about this episode at the end is when they finally decided to throw in you know infinity stones ultron and that was like the beginning to things connecting Mm -hmm. so that's like another thing that i guess you can look at and be like okay that's where we first got him but besides that man yeah thumbs thumbs down on this one big thumbs down i hundred percent agree did not like
0: it but yeah i thought it was weird then yeah at the end what's his face like ultron pops up with vision's body and he possesses all six of the infinity stones so you're like okay oh my god here on uh wikipedia it says that was natalie portman
1: i don't think so (laughs) If it was, then whew, I guess I'm wrong about it not being her. But yeah, it's I'd just, have to look
0: that up. This Wikipedia, you know, anybody could have put that in there just thinking that's who it was.
1: Yeah, I don't think it was. I really don't, but.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's a, I could be a sidebar for another time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one, what if Ultron One, like I said, we started, this came right off of what if Thor was an only child? We kind of came into... Now, like a continuation thing, which we hadn't seen yet on this show, so it was definitely perked me a little bit more. Going, where are we going? What's happening right now? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm struggling now as we're sitting here to talk about it to remember what happened in this episode. Um, well, this, this one, was, this, oh, yeah, okay. this,
1: this is the world with um, where Black uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye were in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a post-apocalyptic kind of a world.
0: Yeah, um, and they banished Ultron. Got banished to the phantom zone or wherever he got banished to and that was when he discovered the watcher and he realized there were multiverses out there and that was when the watcher was trying to figure out should i tell them how to stop him should i tell them how to stop him and he really needed ultron to be stopped before ultron became trouble on a multiversal level
1: yeah 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 I, I thought this episode was pretty good. Um, it was it was a lot better than the Thor episode. Oh, yeah. But this is when we started getting the tie-in. It starts with Black Widow and Hawkeye, and those team-ups with them are always kind of fun because yeah. they're the they're the two who are, like, the least powerful, but when they get together, they, they kind of always have some fun scenes and fun stuff. Mm-hmm. The rise... I like the rise of Ultron and him kind of being the focus of this show at the end is the big bad of What If? Yeah. Because in a way i don't feel like ultron got enough spotlight in the little time he had in the mcu like yeah. he only basically had age of ultron which is kind of a movie people loved or hated or just kind of mild on yeah it's it's never one that when people are like well, what was your favorite mcu movie no one's ever like age of ultron you know what i'm saying and ultron is a character who is menacing and i feel like should should have gotten maybe a little more he deserved a little more than what he got in the mcu so yeah. it's cool to see him kind of pop up here. You know, it definitely wasn't voiced by James Spader. Yep. You could tell, but um, I mean, in, I'm into I'm into that whole thing, and and like the way he kind of came to possess the rings and took over vision's body. I thought was a very interesting idea mm-hmm. that um they hadn't done anything with before. And so I thought that was really cool. Did you like Ultron in this?
0: Yeah, he was, he was really cool to see, like I said, a bigger version. I mean, Ultron is kind of one of Marvel's big bads, you know, like yeah, he kind of falls into that Avenger level villain, obviously. And so, yeah, I a hundred percent agree. Seeing him get a little bit more love and seeing him kind of win. and really take stuff a little bit further i thought was a really cool thing to do it kind of they kind of went a very big infinity war Endgame thing here where they kind of did Mm -hmm. this episode which was like ultron's infinity war where he kind of really got to get off a little bit of what he wanted to do to conquer the multiverse and it's basically like
1: uh, what if ultron got the infinity stones instead of thanos yes you know (laughs) yes yeah
0: yeah and, and honestly why not call it that like I don't know.
1: Yeah, there's that's even a my yeah. biggest
0: problem with the whole show, and we'll talk about it at the end. But
1: yeah, there's even a scene in here where in this episode which I thought thought was funny, where to get the Infinity Stones, Ultron had to kill Thanos when he popped through a portal. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, Thanos is here. What's going to happen? And all he did was use the Mind Stone to put a laser and just cut Thanos in half. I was like, oh, it's that easy? <laughs> it's that easy just to kill Thanos? How come nobody, how come Vision didn't do that in the real MCU then? Yeah. Just you're like right. run a laser up uh, Thanos's body. I guess we could have just been, we would have never had Endgame or Infinity War if he would have just thought of that.
0: Right. Uh, right. Why well, like, didn't
1: you cut him in half? That was kind of a stretch, but it was funny when it I was like, <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> what just happened? You're rewinding it real quick. Did I see that right? Yeah. But yeah, we really can't talk about this one too much without talking about the what if the watcher broke his oath episode um because they kind of ended what if Ultron won with basically the watcher fleeing uh Doctor Strange's collapsed universe to ask him to help while Ultron plans to conquer the universe. So you kind of had the watcher now hitting Doctor Strange going we need to figure out how to stop Ultron. And that was when they kind of started the next episode by going on a recruiting montage. Yeah. And they recruited basically all of the big characters from each one of the previous episodes.
1: Right. First one he grabbed was Captain Carter, and then he went for Star-Lord T'Challa, and he, he goes for, um, we got Killmonger in there, which was, to me, weird from the beginning, that one because it's like he's a he was a villainous character and you even just said he murdered Tony Stark like why did you get him I guess it kind of makes sense at the end but it's like he never would have done that my biggest problem with this montage which I guess comes down to just production issues and and stuff like that is one of the people he recruited was Gamora who Mm. is like he's like Gamora who killed Thanos and it's basically in a story that was never told on this show Mm. Did you find that? Did you find that annoying? There was never a Gamora episode and she's in all the posters and like the logo at the beginning, you see her standing there, the Thanos armor. And she was supposed to have an entire episode, I guess that got scrapped. That episode never got aired. So it doesn't, that's the one that doesn't make sense. Like we don't even know who this person is. Everybody else has had their own standalone episode. And then you're just like, Gamora, you're part
0: of the team. Like Gamora, we haven't even seen her. Where did she come from? I didn't make that connection because I feel like she's been in episodes. I didn't really know she had an episode scraped. Um, And I've only cursory paid attention to these as i'm watching them so i just figured it was something i missed but now it seems like i really missed it yeah so
1: that you you missed it along with the rest of us because you Mm -hmm. never had an episode so that was part was really confusing and i I was kind of like that's kind of weak Um, uh that is but they also had doctor strange and and all the other characters like Burrow thor and uh i think there's maybe one more we're missing they eventually added the black widow from like the the um, destroyed planet but they kind of yeah had the gu- guardians of the multiverse to yeah the watchers recruited them he's basically the multiverse nick fury putting together his own team to stop this super threat and i guess to go back a little bit in that second episode i wanted to say i really liked that fight between watcher and ultron yeah when he finally got pulled out and like ultron forced him to fight it was yeah. like i was watching an anime episode like all <laughs> right the, they were like busting through uh planes of existence and like all these Easter eggs popping around, like they were in uh New York City, and in the background is like Captain America getting voted in as president, and like just a lot of cool scenes. In that, I, that was one of the better fights of this show. Mm-hmm. Those two, when you finally got to see the Watcher throw down a little bit, big head and everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. giant noggin punching around, yeah, that was pretty fun. But yeah, these two episodes are really closely tied with each other. It's like one long episode almost, I would say, basically,
0: yeah, one hour long episode and that was you know like i said it was kind of the end game version where you know you recruit the team you have the guardians of the multiverse and then they kind of come up to come up with their plan to stop ultron
1: yeah and what is that plan basically just to get the get the stones off him one way or another they hatched Mm -hmm. some plan with um gamora the new character the new girl in town had like some machine that was going to take it off but they ran into problems and had this huge huge fight and that was kind of cool seeing the guardians fight ultron Mm -hmm. it's kind of what we get in the mcu when when a a team bands together to fight like one big bad and i liked i liked a lot of that visually um them throwing shields around and everybody kind of showing off their powers but really they kind of made it seem like dr strange was the strongest one on this team and then it harkens back to the idea was like well is he the only could he have just stopped ultron by himself right did he really need anybody else because he seems the one most equipped to do it well, and we well, haven't mentioned
0: it, but we had Arnim Zola. Right, who, right. They were putting his mind in drones and kind of had him take over Ultron. And
1: yeah, that is that is how they ended up finally beating him. Is Black Widow shot an arrow into his eye that contained the Arnim Zola virus? And uh, yeah, it all it's kind of a messy, <laughs> <laughs> kind of a messy ending. Hard to explain, but I don't know. I don't know. I had I had fun with
0: the episode. I guess it was like I said it. It frustrated me because I watched these two really thinking, man, what could we have gotten? You know, it's just I haven't really enjoyed this show being what they did. We talked about it a lot when I think during our part two where we just kind of like, I wish this was more fun. I really thought it was going to be a lot more fun. Instead, they seem like they just want to be like, oh, let's kill people. And they just wanted to kill all the heroes in each episode and, have, you know, and it just became morbid in that way. So it just wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. And then so many of like the episodes in the what if there's just no consequences for what they're doing. Like there's no, the stakes aren't high enough or, you know, and this is for more of the show as a whole, but you're kind of watching these things just going, oh, cool. What if, you know, Killmonger saved Tony Stark? well, we didn't actually go into any ramifications of what that actually means. Like, it's just, you just followed this little It just gave an excuse to put Killmonger in that world. You know, it's there's just no, there's no actual stakes to these episodes or like consequences that really like, you know, what if Thor was an only child? Nothing about that episode tells me what happens if Thor is an only child. Right. He throws a party on Earth. That's what happens like for
1: th- for 30 minutes For 30
0: minutes. Like that's where? What are you doing yeah. here? You know.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, and we can kind of we've been through the episodes now, so we can just kind of talk about the show as a whole. I feel the same way, kind of let down, because um, I did have really high hopes for the show. Now, there's there's positives you can talk about this. I like oh, yeah. that. I like that Marvel has finally delved into the animation world. Yes, it shows you they can do it, and I love the and animation. Yeah, and hopefully they they do continue to do it more in the future. Not necessarily even just a what if season 2, but like you can do some other things in the world of animation now. They've shown you they can, you know, can they mix it up? Can they show us some different styles? Maybe maybe bring out some full-length animated movies that are straight to Disney Plus with some characters you don't, you know, you don't want to give a full MCU movie to. Something like that, you know.
0: You give me a full X-Men cartoon.
1: You know, do something like that. I'd be down um, with an
0: X-Men cartoon
1: yeah that'd be awesome but so i'm really glad that that happened from this show uh but just like you said i'm i'm in agreement with you about the stakes were never very high and very quickly in watching this show i just kind of realized i'm on more of a like just like side quest side mission mcu kind of deal that doesn't really hold much weight in the in the you know where we're going in the mcu it really doesn't and it never did and i knew that when this show would come out and it just wasn't must watch day of for me Mm -hmm. as all the other disney plus shows have been Mm -hmm. like you know Mm -hmm. with wandavision and loki and even um falcon winter soldier like i had to watch it right away because i was like oh new new mcu show gotta watch it this show is just like oh what if it's out okay Maybe I won't get to it tonight. Maybe I won't get to it this week. I know it took you, like, up until now to finally watch these last yeah. three. And it, so. honestly,
0: if we weren't going to talk about it, I would have never watched them. <laughs> right. Unless you yeah. told me, like, dude, you need to watch, watch, yeah. watch 8 or 9. You know, or if there would have been something that I just needed to see, then that's one thing. But with zero conversation going on just in the world, yeah. on top of just what we've seen so far, it just wasn't for me. Um, I enjoyed the animation. I agree with you. I thought the animation was great. I thought it was really cool to have a lot of the actors uh, redo their voice, lend their voice to the cartoon. I thought that was really cool. And I think there's a lot of fun that you can do with that um, and tell a lot of cool stories that way. Like I said, I wish they would jump a little bit more into the, the animation. Um, But then, yeah, I wish they would have just, I wish it would have been more of a cohe- coherent story or cohesive with these episodes. And then even like before, you know, Tom Hiddleston's like, uh, you know, right before the show came after Loki ended, he's like, oh, what if his canon? Mm-hmm. So you're like, cool. So then. No, it's not like, I mean, what is, what is
1: canon about this thinking of it now? Nothing really, unless you're going to have the watcher show up in some capacity and still have, you know, Jeffrey Wright voice him and he'll pop up in a movie. Okay. Maybe.
0: I mean, and when it's so easy to be like, oh, it's canon. Cool. Yeah. Because we're in the multiverse and there's millions of different universes. So yeah, those exist. It's canon because those exist because it's the multiverse. Okay, cool. I understand where you're going with that. And yeah, you're right. I don't know. As a viewer, I'm thinking canon. I'm like. I want to see something that has ramifications based on the MCU timeline that we're viewing now. So, I mean, unless we see the Eternals next week and they're like, what if is all over this thing and we have bro Thor running that around gonna, going, my brother, happen. I don't have a brother. Yeah.
1: That's not going to happen. Yeah. If they would have made, they made it seem like if you didn't watch, watch what if you like, well, you'll, you won't have the full story as to what's going on in the future. That is not the case. Now
0: we just knew they were lying to us
1: yeah they just wanted they wanted us to watch what if really bad and they they succeeded we watched it i'm sure people watched it like you said it did not steal any conversation or it wasn't the hot you know water cooler talk it exists it was fun enough but just not what i was hoping it was going to be Because, you know my f- big thought of it at on the, in the end at the end of the day is just not what i kind of hoped it would be
0: 100 percent, 100 i was i was hoping for more fun and the only episode to me that was took that in its own way was the zombie one mm-hmm. i feel like to me that was the most fun one then that it explored what that what if was you know what if zombies all right you explored what if zombies now we know <laughs> all the other yeah. ones i'm just like you, i never felt like they explored anything outside of just surface sure
1: yeah i agree if you want to move on with like another zombies marvel zombies animated show i'd watch that yeah you know Bring that on!
0: Yeah, that was that was fun to me. So I mean, just kind of a passing ship in the night. Just kind of, it's there. If you watched it, I'm sure you know there's something to enjoy in all of it. Um, yeah. Like I said, don't want to poo-poo on everything. It just, yeah, wasn't necessarily for me.
1: Yeah, didn't love it, didn't
0: hate it. It's just kind of there. <laughs> yeah it exists and i'm glad it exists and i'm glad they tried it and i hope they get some learning from this and what like you said give me an x-men cartoon
1: what we all want or we could just go watch the old 90s x-men cartoon and be just as happy which i
0: might do (laughs) it's the best theme song ever and now it's gonna
1: be in my head for a
0: week oh yeah it's better than the rick roll i had in your head before we started recording don't do that it's too late now it's already in your head and now it's in all of your heads out there as you are listening in podcast land so you guys are welcome but on that We are going to bolt out of here. Hope you guys all had a great Halloween. Hope you guys have a great week. Eternals weekend is here. So definitely if you guys are planning on seeing it, if you guys have some thoughts after you see it, shoot us an email over at raisedageek at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and join over the 1200 people that now follow us over on Twitter. Join the groups, join the conversation and let your voice be heard. But until next time. I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for listening to the Raise to Geek Podcast. Where we all speak geek.